Welcome to today's episode. This is Courageously Unapologetic with your host, Corinne Allen. And today I have on a guest speaker that I am genuinely with all of my heart so excited for you guys to listen to because I feel that it is jam-packed with value, but also with a lot of perspective, a lot of insight that isn't a normal thought process, that isn't comfortable and regular conversation. And so before you do anything, I'm going to encourage you to go and get your notebook and get your pen or open up your note section of your phone. Because I'm telling you, when I found this incredible woman on Instagram, I knew I needed to have her on here and for her to share the passion inside of her for what she does, what she stands for, who she is, and the value she places in herself and in her marriage. So please welcome Christine Scaling. Matt, we're going to save that for the podcast because there's got to be some good stuff there because of the connection and the growth that is already within you guys and just the way that you see marriage and most importantly, the way that you value it. And so this reel popped up and it was just talking about something that is so common, which is venting about our spouses and just like letting it out. And, you know, talking about where our needs are not met or where he left something dirty or whatever it is. Um, And then sometimes they're really extreme things, of course, but venting nonetheless. And you said something um, in that reel that was just so powerful in that you want to be that safe place. And we take that away the moment that, like you had mentioned, the moment that we're not standing beside them, that it's like... I'm better. I'm bashing you. You're not meeting my needs. And I'm going to go share that with the world. So what like pushed you before we do talk about how you guys got to where you are? What pushed you? Was there something specific that pushed you to do that real? You know, I, I don't know if there was something specific. I do know that I had just commonly seen and experienced like it's very normal. We all know it's very normal to talk about things that frustrate us or just anything in life that's aggravating us. And we feel like we're about to explode, but a lot of the times that is directed at a person. Um, and I had seen in a lot of my friends relationships, them just wanting some, wanting to feel heard, but sharing stories of frustration about this person that they love so much. Mm. They don't want to go anywhere. They want to be with them, but then you would hear this anger in Mm. conversation and something that's going on. And I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I, I'm here for you. I want to listen. I get it because we all get frustrated. But at the end of this conversation, I'm not sure that you're going to walk away feeling like you have an answer or a tool. And I know that's not always what it's about. Sometimes you really do just want to get it out. But again, most times they were walking away just feeling still frustrated with the Yeah, person. or more, like more or frustrated more. sometimes. Like your girlfriend egged you on, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Because of course they're going to support you. And, and there are moments where you give constructive criticism or good yeah. feedback and let them know, like, actually, here's the truth in that whatever, but still in your heart, you walk away from those conversations, still having a case against that person. And still like the more you're rehashing that aggravation and that negative emotion, the longer it lives, the bigger that fire is instead of actually getting to the root of it and getting to the cause, you just made that negative hurt emotion stronger. That was what I was finding. And so 
I was just realizing like, why am I seeing this disconnect? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about um, just the bond that Micah and I have and how when we do go through difficulties, the ones that don't have to do with each other, we're going to each other. So then what do you do in those moments when you're frustrated with each other? Where do you go? And that I noticed was that leaves an opportunity for there to be a hole to say, we go to each other for everything except for each other. So there's this little secret part of our heart that I don't go to you for this aggravation. I go to other people and there are cases against you that I've shared negative Mm. experiences that that couldn't, that maybe wasn't your intention in that situation. Maybe you were misunderstood. Maybe you had a bad day, but I've now spread negative cases about you when I'm supposed to be the person that's rooting for you. Mm. And I, it just didn't feel, it didn't sit right. Yeah. And, and you made such a great point. It was towards the end of that. I don't want, I want to support, um, like spouse bashing. I don't think I want to be part of that. Right. Like, I don't think I want to be in that movement that's happening. And, and, and I think that you and I had talked about as well, like that it bleeds into parent bashing on each other. It leads into becoming a family. And then it was so easy and so casual to bash them as your spouse and now it's, well, if you just did your part as a dad, mm-hmm. you know, I do all this as a mom, I'm tired. I do this. Um, and it, you just start and it allows it, it opens that door. And like you said, you, you're allowing it to grow and what you focus on grows. You're focusing on that instead of saying, thank you for helping me where you can. I noticed that you had a really bad day and you're really stressed out, but thank you for still just like sharing that part with me. So I knew how frustrated you were. So I knew why you were lacking tonight with the kids or with me. You weren't really giving me attention, but thank you for sharing with me that you're just not really in the right headspace to prevent me from going and venting or putting you down. Like you had mentioned, like not being that safe place. Um, And so do you feel like in, in the process of you guys dating, what was that like? What was that conversation of, your guys's future marriage plan of how you valued marriage. Was that a conversation you guys had throughout the times of the years of you dating? Oh, more often than not, that was probably the main conversation we had because we were both on the path of saying, okay, if we are people that are interested in each other and want to date, we want to date to find out if we would be committed partners we don't want to date to just have fun. Fun is part of it. But Mm -hmm. if you're going into it, just wanting to have fun, then you get further down the road without having discussed really important values and beliefs and how you want to structure your life and goals. If you go down, down the road of just, we're having fun and we really Mm -hmm. like each other, then you build this foundation of affection for each other And then you're looking at all these pieces like, well, how do we stay in relationship and we don't agree on any of these things? So Micah and I worked backwards from that. And our, some of our first discussions were getting to know each other's family history, getting to know like 
how do you feel about this really important subject? How do you feel about what do you want to do with your future? And so then when it came to the subject of marriage, we knew that we wanted to create, because my parents, I come from a history of divorce, my family, a lot of divorce and his parents are still together, but we both had this common, common gap of not seeing like really invested in marriages, right? Just really being intentional, Mm. being each other's number one person. What does it look like to uh, commit yourself so much to your spouse that you, you really don't let other things come in between that to waver um, how you've already decided intentionally decided how you're going to treat each other, where the respect is going to lie um, how you make decisions together. Do you go to each other first or do you get a bunch of opinions and then present your, your case to your spouse? Like they're just small mindsets. Oh, that good. It, it just all funneled into what are you looking for? <laughs> what are you looking for in a spouse? And for some people that can be, you know, we're not used to having those deep conversations prior to getting married. A lot of people I know and had spoken with were most more so just, I just want to have fun. I'm just dating. And, and I don't put that down at all. Like I've said, um, I think dating should be fun and and I don't think you should be so serious that you can't have fun. But um, I just didn't see a lot of intentionality in looking down the road. And so then we didn't want to get to that spot where we were confused and not working on the marriage until we were married. Um, that didn't seem like a good plan to us because in every other area of my life, Mm. if I wanted to learn, if I was considering, you know, I think I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to open a business. Mm. I don't crack open my first business book after I buy the, the storefront and I have the keys and I've set up my register. I don't start reading on open day. (laughs) Well, how do you run a business? That's not a good plan. (laughs) You're not, you're not going to have a successful business. Girl, I am just like shaking my head over here like, oh my gosh, it's so good because people would be blown away to know that you literally just had your one month wedding anniversary yesterday. Like one month, one (laughs) month. And I I, just like I bow down because two things you mentioned that people aren't even thinking of and you said they base it around fun. What in God's name happens when it's not fun anymore? Because that does happen. And that's why I always say in the beginning of marriage, and we're all adults here. So let's just be real honest. In the beginning of marriage, it is takeout and sex. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then we reach a place where then it's financial stress. And then it's, I thought we were going to be able to conceive really easy or it's, oh my gosh, I didn't think we were going to get pregnant this fast or, oh my gosh, it's three years in. Why aren't we pregnant yet? And stress happens and takeout's not that fun because, you know, you're stressed with finances and like, what do people do when the fun happens? Nine times out of 10 in today's culture, they're like, I don't feel loved anymore. No, 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 no. You're not having fun anymore. Yeah. Right. And the other thing that you said is like, light bulb on light bulb, you worked backwards. Holy moly. (laughs) People do this when it comes to everything else in life. They say, okay, we're at a business meeting. 
What's your goal? Okay, we're going to reverse engineer that. What do you have to do to make that goal happen? But with marriage, it's like, oh, no, like, it's cool. We have chemistry this week. We're having fun. Let's get married. But they don't, nobody thinks to reverse engineer that big goal of a successful marriage. And I feel like anybody that goes to your Instagram, and this is why it has so much power here and perspective here is I have been married for 14 years and you've been married for a month. I would send every single person I know (sighs) to go and listen to what you have to share. Wow. And I will also, because I don't have pride issues and ego issues because we all have to reach a place in our life to work through that. And thank God we've done that. But there was a time, there was a time where I made a post and I've like waited to share this with you because I was like, wow, this is where I was. So this was my 10 year wedding anniversary. So four years ago, and I put up a post on Facebook that was like, what advice would you give? I'm about to have, you know, 10 year wedding anniversary. Life has been really stressful, really trying. And, um, we were just about to, um, have our, our vow ceremony. Cause we have decided to do new vows every 10 years. Cause we're not the same people, right? Like we're oh, always becoming yeah. new and we want them to be at a different destination each time. So like we got married on the beach. So then we did the vow renewal in the snow, Um, and so right before the vow renewal, I, I I put that post up and I said, if you've been married for less than 10 years, don't respond. (gasps) Yeah. People were so mad at me. And I had this ego of like, who are you to give advice to me? Because 10 years is, it's a life changing mark to hit. And now I sit here and I, I see it so clearly. I'm like, Oh, I literally, when I found you, I looked up, I'm like, okay, God, I see you. Oh gosh. I see you because you are so powerful and you are so smart and so dedicated to building this foundation for you and Micah and for your family and for your future that this is what people need to see. And I, I'm just, I feel so excited and so grateful and, and just happy that I happened to stumble upon you and you said yes to just hopping on here with me and just sharing your mindset and your heart and that work of we worked backwards. Marriage is what we talked about most. And the foundation is everything. You know, when we went through our hardest marriage struggles, really low times, really hard times, every single time I would doubt and I would turn the other way. I'm like, but our foundation, yeah, our foundation, because that is everything. And, and I remember being 22 and going to a marriage encounter and we were newlyweds and people said, oh my gosh, you're already going to marriage counseling. Nobody got it. Nobody understood. And I said, no, we're going to learn from couples that have been married. And this is to enrich. This is an enrichment counter. This is an enrichment course. This is not therapy and counseling. Um, but nobody gets that because of how rare that is. And I want you to touch on how you shared the other day, like, if it is counseling or therapy that you need to go to, awesome. Like that's encouraged mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's supported, but we can start in our own homes, right? And that that simple step of just communicating with the spouse instead of to a friend is that simple step that will, I believe, and I'm sure you do too, that can prevent you 
from having to go to that next severe step. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're creating habits. It's all creating a habit or breaking it down or, you know, not making it to begin with if you're breaking it down. But even some people would say like, well, you can, like, I talked to my mom, like, that's safe. And I, I agree that your parents are safe. Like, there are safe people in your life. Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to venting, I'm putting that in air quotes that you can't see, but venting about. <laughs> I felt your, it. <laughs> venting about your spouse. I, my mom will say, I don't even talk to my mom about it. And it's mm. not a secrecy thing. This is not, well, we want to look perfect. We don't want anyone to know we have problems. We, yep. it is not any of that. It is one, if we're being really logical, my mom is my mom. I am her baby. So if something goes wrong, you yeah. better believe, and she's Italian. So you better believe that she <laughs> she's got is, you. Oh yeah. Guns blazing. I mean, not against Micah, but she's going to tell me like, Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get right. it. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, that's my mom. Yeah. On the, out of that though, a step further is just, wait a minute. I would never want to go out to lunch with Micah's mom and have to even wonder, what have you heard about me? Or, mm. or what did Micah tell you the other day? Or like he was hurt the other day. And, you know, I might know in my mind, like that his, his perspective is a little bit skewed or vice versa. Like my perspective is a little bit skewed and I'm sure he only told you his side of it. So now you have an impression of me that's not so good. And, and if I were you as a mom, like I would wonder, man, did he marry the right person? That, that doesn't sound good. You know, like, right. And not literally that thought, but you create, even with what we think is the safest place, yeah. you're st- it still boils down to what kind of impression are you spreading about your spouse who is supposed to know that they can come to you with anything. And And if you're going to other people with what's going on, chances are you're not going to them with that problem. And if you are going to them with that problem, you're going to them after it's all polished and you've already brainstormed a plan with your mom (laughs) and your best friend and her best friend and your dog. And you've already brainstormed a plan. You didn't even get to go through the bubble mapping Mm. and the brainstorming to get to the goal with your spouse, which is part of the conflict bonding experience. We don't think of conflict as bonding. Oh, good. But when mm-hmm. you work through that as, as gritty and uncomfortable yep. as it is, when you work through that and get to the other side and you actually make it to a good spot, boom, you, you have created yes. just a, an inch more of trust with each other to say, hmm, yeah. Okay, last time we went through this conflict, it was messy, but we got yeah. to a good spot. So I know I can figure things out with you. I know you have yeah. my best interest in mind. I know you're fighting for me. This is us fighting for a solution, not against each other. Okay, let's talk about what's going on versus continuing to make that neural pathway of you pissed me off. I'm going to call my mom. Yeah, because Where I mean, it, that, and truly... Yeah, exactly. And you know what happens in that too? And like people don't think about it is if they know they have this safe source, but every time they go to that safe source, it's negative. And then when they say that them and their spouse are doing something and they're doing really good, they're like, oh, I'm so glad to hear you guys are doing better because they were under the impression that he is really just kind of a douche and you guys Uh are just pretty much fighting all the time. 
because your best friend and your mom have gotten this image of who he is. And then when he comes to the barbecue, they're not really excited that he's there. And so like people are not piecing together that they are building this, you know, gingerbread, build a man of how other people are going to, you know, perceive him. And then they're mad when they put him down. Like, are you sure he's really good enough for you? You know, are you, are you sure that you're being treated the way that you deserve? But like we talked about, but not owning, what did you do? And, Mm -hmm. you know, oddly enough, like my mom is the complete opposite. When we would get in fights and I would go to her in the younger days, she'd be like, well, what did you do? Did you have an attitude? Oh, all right. (laughs) Because (laughs) you know what? Like there were moments where I would get mad, but then I was like, Mm -hmm dang only my mom and my husband are really going to call me out if like I'm the toxic one you know oh, my brother 100 percent right? big brother I... so like I needed that little push of like okay I was like really nasty or just like short or whatever it was but um you know we we do like we create this idea of who that person is and so is that an agreement that you guys made together is like we come to each other period actually as I'm talking through it, I don't think we ever verbally said that. I really don't think we did. Um, we, I think we unspokenly yeah. just created that habit. Even when dating, again, when dating, I mean, we would go to people because our dating story is a little bit messy, but we would go to people to get feedback, but it was never to just talk about the negative because- in every other area of our lives, we, we always say like, words are so powerful. Like Mm -hmm. you would never say that about, or about yourself, that thing that you just said, you know, whatever the critiquing thing is. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think of what it is, but you would never say that to your, if someone spoke to you like that, you wouldn't be friends with them or whatever. But we talk about how powerful words are. And I think like we need to, to be at a higher standard instead of saying, well, I really just need to get this off my chest. It's like, okay, how many times have you listened to your own voice talk poorly about them? Because you're taking, your brain is taking that in. And instead of trying to say it over and over and over until you feel like it's been released, what if you work in the opposite direction and say, I am not going to repeat this until I can figure out a constructive saying something that is bringing me towards a solution with them. I'm not going to repeat the problem for the sake of repeating the problem and tell my brain that over and over and over. Like, what is the purpose here? What is the intention? And, you know, like you talked about is when we have those problems, no matter how big or how small, and we allow someone else to help us work through it, we are slowly disconnecting ourselves from our spouse. Mm -hmm. We are slowly saying, I don't really trust you enough right now or feel connected to you enough or I'm so mad at you, but we are depriving not just them, but the relationship of the next level of depth. And I joked about it um, on a couple episodes ago, just talking about like, it's kind of like Mario and you get to pass a world by like beating this really hard castle. And then in marriage, after you beat that really hard castle at the end of that world, then you get to go to the next world. Yeah. But people don't want to like beat the freaking crazy animals and wizards and demons that are there in these castles and in these problems and in these hard times. 
And instead, they just like go backwards and go to like an easier level, which is resorting and just bashing their spouse Mm -hmm. or resorting and doing something toxic because doing the work, especially doing the work together is challenging. But like you said, it is where, and this is like throws people for the biggest loop, but intimacy is built there. And it even takes many couples years to understand that intimacy is not sex. They're just like, like, boom, light bulb. Oh my gosh. It's like the most intimate moments in our lives were literally birthing my children. Like a, a moment that people would never associate with intimacy, but it was the most painful time of my life where we worked through that pain together and then brought our children into this world together. Mm-hmm. And you build that. So to me, I see the man that goes behind the curtain that is like, I can't deal with this. Just the same way of years prior to before creating that child hiding behind a curtain and not dealing with his problems, not dealing with, like you said, where is the solution to the problem? How can we actually work through this? And this is where the crumbling happens. Like this foundation being built right now and that you guys have been building for these past years will it will allow you guys to have this future that you're working so hard yeah. for and treasuring and honoring and nurturing and praying over and, and giving so much to and I want to uh, you mentioned that so you come from a lot of divorce and his parents are still married um mm-hmm. now take me back and tell me what was that what was the little messy adventure that got you guys married one month ago Oh, gosh. The messy adventure story <laughs> way back in 2016. He okay. actually, um, he knew that he wanted to date me a, a month. A month is the magical timeline right Ooh. now. But a month into meeting. Um, I had just moved to California in a month. Uh, he was one of the first people I met. And a month in, he knew, okay, I, I want us to date but he just kind of let me know he just kind of let me know that I was on his radar uh wasn't expecting me to jump into dating but just let me know like hey I'm interested here's what's up yeah I did the whole thing of uh, legitimately but I did the whole thing of let's like keep being friends get to know each other thank you for telling me love it okay yeah moving forward I was just very I was back and forth because again I was reverse engineering I was thinking I want to date to marry so I want to know but I was very black and white at that time um I was like I want to know that you're my husband if we're going to try dating so I don't want to date you if you're not my husband because that's just painful girl we're cut from we are cut from the same cloth and we scare people like oh god do do you want two children okay Uh, I need to know these answers right now people are like what in the world is wrong with you (laughs) oh my gosh see and I just I didn't even know any of those things. I was more so <laughs> scarred from the relationship pain I had been in, been in, which is so ironic because now I feel like a lot of the topics I talk about are common pain points and like going yeah. after them. But I was just so terrified from relationship pain that I was like, yeah. uh, no more, not until I know it's right because I'm totally not in that pain again. Yeah. And it was a painful journey, but yeah. a painful journey just because we were, we were back and forth. Um, but he was consistent the entire time he He was determined he was determined love it turned down dates with other people the whole nine yards and that was actually the first thing that stuck out to me I thought to myself I'm looking for someone that is committed yeah that is 
ready to tackle the hard stuff that doesn't just look for fun, that isn't just wanting the easy route and actually wants me and will do whatever fighting it takes to just value me. Mm. And so that light bulb went off far too late. And I realized like, this is the exact kind of person I want leading the marriage I'm going to be in. Yeah. So that led into, I think it was only like um, probably around our engagement time that I was like, I think we should, I mean, I had started a blog. I don't have the blog anymore, but I had been doing a blog and I was like, you know what? You just can't get enough through words, like words Mm. written down. I need to just talk. So I was like, do you want to do this with me? He had no intention of being like a a face or like a, yeah, be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. But I was just like, well, you're kind of in it. Can't really hide you. Gotta be with someone if I'm saying I'm in a relationship. But yeah. I was like, I think we're supposed to talk about this. So yeah. you felt it. Yeah. And, and so it was scary seeing that I had only really seen divorce. Yeah. Um. So I was just, of course, facing that basic fear of like, well, do you just kind of replicate? Are you destined to replicate what you've seen? Mm-hmm even if you're not meaning to. Um, But Michael was a very strong voice for our relationship in saying, we get to choose. We get to choose if we're in this and if we're staying together. And I had heard um, how we had talked about like actually planning for marriage before you're even married and and that whole thing. And I had heard people say flippant comments. They they were joking, but it kind of stung of like, you just take it so seriously. Like, man, that's so serious. Have fun, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, here's what I find interesting. I'm like laying out on my counter right now, like the papers, the imaginary documents. Here's what I find interesting. (laughs) Every other area of our life, this wouldn't be labeled as you're taking it too seriously. It would be labeled as really good investment, Mm. really good strategic planning, all that stuff. But marriage is the only thing in our life that we can make a commitment to that we can make a vow to and no one can take it away as long as you're saying yes as long as your yes is in it and you're choosing it that commitment will never be torn down your business could fail your car could break down something like anything could happen in life but your marriage if both people are choosing it lifelong. So I was like, actually, it's not too serious. It's not serious enough. How serious can we make it? Because I don't take this lightly. Yeah, (laughs) this is the area I get to choose. And I get to be proactive. So he just was a he has spoken into that since, since we became committed in dating, just saying, we don't have to follow that past history, we get to choose how close we're going to be. And that also came into things like bashing like we get Mm -hmm. to choose our level of bonding if Mm -hmm. we want to be closer we can be closer it's all a choice how far apart how close you're going to be I think if literally people take anything from this episode it's there's choice and it's a and it's a daily choice and you had that choice of how much value you wanted to put in this, how much preparation you wanted to put in this. And, mm-hmm. you know, when people make jokes of like, you know, you didn't have this as a kid and it shows, it's like, well, you didn't prepare for marriage. Yeah. <laughs> shows. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, it's like, okay. you, right. Like people are reacting in these ways and you're like, 
bro, you didn't know that was going to come with marriage. You didn't know it wasn't going to be fun for a while. You mm-hmm. didn't know that you were going to just like, you know, everything was going to hit the fan and it was going to get crazy. And I always tell people like, it's going to be mountaintops. And then it's going to be at the very bottom, like clawing your way out. But it, like you said, it is the choice of, are we clawing together or is one out, one's in, one's laying down? Like it's a choice of, again, like you said, the two people constantly choosing, this is this important to me. This is the most important thing to me. And that's the only way that it stands. And that's the only way that it stands um, with love and with respect is choosing every day. We have that. And it's ironic that you mentioned like without even really knowing it, but when you come from divorce, do you feel, you know, do people feel like they're set up for failure? And Mm -hmm. when we were at our 11 year mark of marriage was when we were struggling the most. Uh, We even separated for a little bit and just living completely a different life than we are now. And a lot of that was, you know, we almost lost our daughter twice and it really messed with us, you know, it really messed us up and we had to work through that. But at that 11 year mark, somebody said to me, a close friend, obviously that would know this information was like, your parents divorced at 12 years. Do you think that this is falling apart without you knowing? Cause you don't think you can make it past 12 years. Hmm. And I was like, Whoa. Oh, well, let me break another cycle then. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> While we're at it, add that jewel to my crown. <laughs> like, Seriously. Kidding, not kidding. But you know what I mean? I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even think of that. And like you said, that is that limiting belief there ingrained in us that this is what you come from. This is what you're worthy of. And I want to ask you this question that is a little bit off the topic, but you mentioned that before you got with him, you knew exactly what you wanted the man that you wanted, how much you wanted him to value marriage and value you and no matter what to do the work at all costs Mm -hmm. to show that. Where do you think that strong sense of self-worth came from? Well, you know, what's funny is that I don't, I don't think it did come from self-worth. I think it came because I actually, um, a lot of what was hard in our relationship was kind of the self-sabotaging okay like I don't think I'm worthy of of this guy I actually didn't think I was worthy of Micah because he was so devoted and committed and steadfast and I was like I don't even know if we should date how can you be like why do you want to stick around yeah so it was pain was like suffocating you yeah Mm -hmm. And it was very odd to struggle with that. At the same time, you have this opposite goal of like, I want to be married to someone yeah. that, that wants to be in this forever, is never leaving, doing all the things, all the work. It's like, how do you mend those yeah. two beliefs together? And that was the problem. And But you I did it. I, <laughs> we you made did it. it. But yeah. Um, actually, my my spiritual parents. So there, um, I, I asked a couple from a church back home to be my spiritual parents, basically because they embodied the marriage that I wanted to have one day. And I was like, I need to learn from you. I need to see what, 
what this looks like when you're really not going anywhere and you've, yeah. you've been through the mud. They have yeah. had their, I, I met them and was friends with them during one of their toughest seasons in marriage. And mm. I was like, this is the kind of couple that I need this guidance from. And, um, they would remind me all the time what I'm worthy of all that stuff. But I just knew that I, yes, I, I needed to get to a place of believing that if, mm-hmm. if I really wanted to have it, because it wasn't going to help Micah any bit to be with someone that couldn't even accept the right. type of affection that he wanted to give. Right. So, yeah. and you could have lost him if you didn't feel like you were deserving of that. So you had to build up that belief and get rid oh, of yeah. that, that limiting belief of that you weren't worthy of it. So, oh yeah. And I, I mean, I totally did. We were separated yeah. for six months when I thought like, this guy's never going anywhere. And mm-hmm. we called it off for six yeah. months and I was devastated. Didn't think it would, didn't know what would happen of it. And yeah. so then when it did come back around, I was like, all right, dear life, I'm holding it. on. Yeah. Yes. I was <laughs> like, it is time to get these beliefs yes. in line yes. because if like he wanted that for himself as well. And so yeah. how can he partner with someone that if I can't value myself, that's going to bleed into yes how I'm treating myself with them, which then bleeds into how I'm treating you, which if we're going to get married, that's one in the same. We're all treating the relationship. Any of my friends that are listening right now are like, are you sure they don't know each other? Because that is what I say all the time. If <laughs> you don't, if you don't fix your wound, and you just keep putting a Band-Aid on, you're going to bleed all over everybody when that oh, scab opens. Oh, that scab, yeah, because you're not cleaning it out. It's going to hurt. It's going to burn, but you got to clean it out and make it become a scar because every time that scab opens, it bleeds all over everything. Totally. And I'll tell you what, this is really crazy. And I don't think I've ever shared this, especially not on air on the podcast, but now my husband is so familiar with it that if I have had, you know, a rough day or something triggered me, right? Because we're all human. Um, he'll say to me, he'll come right over to me calmly. He'll grab both of my hands and he'll say, I think you need to go for a ride. You're bleeding all over everybody. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. He knows that that's going to rock me to my core. And he knows that it's true. And he knows the intention of why he's saying it. But he knows it's going to get to me right away. Because it's not just yeah. bleeding all over him but the children and the whole energy and the mood and everything and it's like let's go fix that and so you're right and and how crazy to think like that pain that broke you you needed that you needed that to get to who you are now you needed that to value Micah the way that you do because who knows it could have just been like oh this is really fun but no you had all that pain and you were like listen this is where I'm not screwing around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I yeah. date to marry. <laughs> mm-hmm. That Let me tell you that see, looking back, I have an entire journal that at the beginning of that six months, I was broken and I mm. somehow made myself to Hobby Lobby and was, I don't do this. I, I missed this boat as a girl, but I don't like window shop down the aisle. I'm like, I can't stand it. So don't know how I made it into Hobby Lobby. Must have been a God thing. <laughs> Saw a journal on a shelf and he was like, you need to buy that. And I was like, I don't want to buy that. <laughs> and he, he ended up telling me like, 
no, you need to record everything that's about to happen. So for the six months that we were apart, wow. I recorded everything. And I remember one of the final pages that I wrote in that oh journal was, if I make it to the other side of this, I mm-hmm. will tell everyone. I will tell oh. everyone everything that we've learned. Wow. And so to look at today and and to be to be recording something, to be talking mm-hmm. to people about it, I'm like, yeah. I I mean, sure, as many opportunities as you give me to talk about it, I will talk about it because they're and and there's so much sympathy. I I just want to say this before moving on for the whole like you're bleeding on on everyone or like needing to fix your wounds. There is so much sympathy for that because I was a pile of wounds. And even after the six months getting back together with Micah. I was a pile of wounds. Like it's not like six months ended and I was like, Hey, I'm a better person. I'm great. I'm good. Yeah, You have to work through all of it now. Oh yeah. And and one of our most common things in conflict right now is when we're taking the time to reflect on like, okay, what just Mm -hmm. happened? What did we say? Whatever. It is very common for either one of us to come to the other and to say, Hey, so when I said this, Mm-hmm. it's because when I was 10, so-and-so said this to me, I've always associated that phrase with this. So when you told me that, and we're giving yep. each other that history, and those are the pieces of history mm-hmm. that you miss out on when you say, I'm going to talk to my friend. Yeah. Okay, Micah doesn't know any more about me. He doesn't know why I said that thing I said. I don't know why I said that thing I said. Mm-hmm. And so I just... I just felt like I needed to say, like, there is so much sympathy for totally. that pile of mess that we're all working through. Because it'll never really be done. It'll never be done. <laughs> There's always work. Always. If you're self-aware, yeah. you're working on something. If you're not yeah. working on something, you might need to ask yourself if you're self-aware. <laughs> I mean, there's a, and it, something always stirs up something else, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, and then this and then that. And, and that's why, like, a couple weeks ago, I shared, that's super cute that you know your spouse's love language. But if you don't know their childhood traumas, you don't know your husband. Yeah. And like, that's real ish that people are like, wait, like I, I mean, one of my girlfriends the other day was like, I don't know anything about my husband's childhood. And I'm like, how do you know him? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you have a family? How do you know him? How do you serve him? How do you love him? How do you nurture him? How mm-hmm. do you make him feel respected? If you don't know where he was disrespected, if you don't know what he craves and needs and where he hurts and where his holes are, because luckily there are men that do the work, right? And that they, they do fix those holes, but we're all still triggered. Yeah. So, you know, that the whole point is definitely to fill our holes and to turn the, sc- the scabs into scars, but we're all triggered. And it's like, wait, if I don't know that childhood, if I don't know those broken parts, and then they trigger and they lash out. It's just like you said, when Micah comes to you and says, hey, that reminded me of when I was 10. Okay. But like them being uh, safe enough with you to be able to share with you that that's how that one kid in that class made him feel or mm-hmm. his mom that day, you know, and that's the safe um, container that mm-hmm. is a rare, precious thing. And why you said all those years ago, I don't think I'm being too serious about marriage. I want it to be literally the best and most important and extraordinary thing. And that's a word that people, you know, last year people would say to me, like, so you just think that rainbows is like unicorns and rainbows? No, that's not what I mean when I say 
I am fighting for an extraordinary marriage. That means a lot of gritty work, but yeah, rainbows too. And, you know, to prepare that way and to, to crave that and desire that together. And I, I just, Oh my gosh, I would love it if you can find that journal entry of when you shared yeah. that, like if I make it to the other side, because again, another thing that we have in common is I have written in journals since I was literally my daughter's age that I couldn't even write things besides my name. And yeah. I'm pretty sure like my R was backwards in my name, you know, like C-O-R backwards R, maybe like weird E's, but I I wrote as early as I could. And you know, some feeling, some pain, some, you know, sleepover fun or whatever. But it's really, really like eye opening to look back at those painful journal entries that you talked about and see where you have worked through. And yeah. now that you're doing that, because that's what strong is. And that's also, to me, the final part of healing is being able to share it and being able to help other people. And a lot of people don't take that last step. Like when people find find out how broken him and I were and how broken I was, they're like, but you still showed up like every day on social media because I have a purpose here. There mm-hmm. wouldn't be social media. I would not have an Instagram if it was literally for just like, did a workout or like, here's my dinner. Like I just wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, me either. That would just be a nuisance. Right? It's like, why would I put that on my plate? Why would we do that when I could be like doing anything else? But it's like, because sometimes our story is someone else's survival guide. And sometimes our story is proof that you can make it to the other side. And then you can share about it and say, I don't have any shame from that, but I'm sharing Mm -hmm. it because it's possible. So go get it, girl. Like you can get it right? There's a girl that's going to constantly, I'm sure that reads your stuff and is like, where's my Micah? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's us being the women to say like, he's out there. But mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I always say to them, he's ready when you are, maybe you're not ready. Right. Yeah, There's a I lot mean, of girls that just, they're not ready yet. Seriously. And that, and that's like the flip side of it also with bashing is that we're so focused on like, this is what I want for a spouse. This is what I want for my future. This is about me. And I'm like, they are humans too. Yeah. Like with feelings, with feelings. And who would have thought? And I mean, reels are so short, but another part, I, you asked me at the beginning, like what sparked that reel? Another part of it was that I actually have always been a very like comical, sarcastic person Never with the intention of hurting people, but it was much safer within established relationships, but I would use it no matter what, because I was just like, that's just who I am. That's how I joke, whatever. And never, I would never say something mean, but if you just don't, you know, some people are not sarcastic people. So they're like, ah, that's not really cool. Totally. So Micah, when we were dating, he never took it as mean. But he didn't understand it. He didn't understand the coding of it. So even though he didn't think, oh, she's a jerk, he yes. thought, what does that mean? So right. if he if he were to do something and I thought it was, if I genuinely just thought it was funny, but my way of saying it was funny was to say like, oh my gosh, the way you just stuttered, real smooth. Like, yeah. he'd be like, hmm, 
Mm-hmm. I, you know, what is, what does that mean? And actually what does that mean? That yeah. out, I'm like, I would never say that, but <laughs> like yeah. that just sounded mean. I'm like, no, you're a jerk. But, <laughs> I mean, a more practical example is like, so right now, one of the first, <laughs> I'm laughing about it. One of the first things I've picked up on that I've joked with him about. So he is aware, but I've told him, I'm like, you know, Micah, I always know where you've been because the light in that room will be on. Yeah, You will go into a room and turn on that light, but once it's on, it's on forever until we go to bed. And sometimes not even when we go to bed, Yeah, it's, it's still, still on. on. <laughs> I know where you've been. And we joked about it, but yeah. if we didn't have a history and a coding, and I, I touched on it a little bit, maybe in the reel, I can't remember, but it was something I wanted to, to talk about. But I'm like, if you have an understanding that it's a joke, that's yeah. one thing. And that actually, a lot of the times it kind of can suck the sexy out of it like if you're trying to do it in a flirty way yeah but you probably need to have a conversation about like hey is this okay can we joke like this and then you're good yeah if I were to just say like man I always know where you are because I gotta go turn off every light exactly I would consider that like hey after about a year of that Mm -hmm. I don't think your husband's gonna feel too hot I think I if I were him and I'm not trying to put words in their mouth but very likely that your spouse after a year is going to feel this little piece of like, I'm just not responsible. I, mm. You know, our utility bill is so high because I have the light on every time. She tells me every day I have the light on every time. And those are the small ways that creep into I'm now bashing them about every little mm-hmm. thing that annoys me. Yeah. And whole other perspective is those are also the things that even though, even though the man should not be leaving the light on all the time, (laughs) what happens really is a year of the woman making fun of him about it. A year later, he's like, I don't feel very respected because she just keeps making fun of me. Yes. And then respect starts slowly leaving the marriage. And then all of a sudden he's just like, well, you know what? I'm just not going to have that talk with her like she wanted. I don't want to stay up and watch the show with her that she wanted because she just keeps making fun of me because he has a super or you have a super, you know, sarcastic sense of humor and he doesn't. And so we're the opposite. Like that's how my husband is with me. And he'll look at me and be like, and that one didn't sit well. Yes. (laughs) Like, cause obviously he knows it. And I'm just like, go away. (laughs) Yeah. But it's being able to. You know, like you mentioned, the coding and the language and really knowing the language that your spouse speaks. Is it sarcastic? Is it broken? Is it excited? Is it always flirty? Like really, really knowing each other. And I mean, I feel like a lot of that goes back to the childhood stuff of really knowing what Uh they come from. What do they come from? What do they desire? What are their non-negotiables? And and so before we go, I want to ask you, I know this is like, super corny and super expected, but like (laughs) it it, it matters and it's something that has value. And so I want to ask you, like, is there something that comes to the top of your head, the tip of your tongue when you're like, that's what I would tell the girl that was in my place of like, am I worthy enough for this? I really do want this marriage. I really do want a good marriage. Like what is the work that a, a woman or a girl in that spot could be doing Mm-hmm. to feel worthy of that and, and to pursue that and then put, continue to put that effort into herself and into marriage. Like what, what, what were some of those steps for you to like 
break that, bust through that lid? Yeah. Um, number one thing I would say to start is find someone whose marriage inspires you. Like find that person, that mentor, they don't have to be older. They could be the same age. They could be younger, but if they're doing marriage, then Hey, bottom line, they're doing marriage. And if they're doing it in a way that you want for your future, get around them, talk to someone who is in the spot you want to be in instead of, it is so normal for groups of girls who are Mm. all going through the dating game, confused, going through the same struggles to talk to each other about the marriages they want. And I'm like, Hey, let's insert someone in here to give you some guidance instead of just asking each other. Like I wouldn't ask someone who's never done something before how I should go do it. You know, hello. Yes. Hello. And that's so obvious in other areas, but like, I would only talk to other people who were dating. Yes. Don't <laughs> ask someone for directions that hasn't been where you're going. It's exactly. Like, Hello, people. <laughs> exactly. And that yes. was when it hit me. It was while I was in Reading and doing the whole game with Micah of back and forth, not understanding when I asked yeah. my spiritual parents, Hey, can you yeah. guide me? I need yeah. help. I need literal help. And that, so I would say number one, find someone who's in the place you want to be in the future get around them, get their guidance. Number two, (laughs) number two, one of the biggest ways I, even after having a mentor kind of broke down mine and Micah's connection that we were trying to establish Mm -hmm. was resisting using the tools I was being given, ironically, Mm -hmm. resisting it because I, with my history, like you said, the child traumas, even though I was being given new ways and new tools, the old stuff that I didn't even want was more comfortable. It was more comfortable to think that conversation, I was right. This thing that you did that was annoying, it really was annoying. I'm not Mm -hmm. wrong about that. That, So I was breaking down our connection by using old trauma history rather than being open to using a different way that someone was telling me. So good. I mean, finding someone that you trust that much is obviously massive. And going to them and saying, like that big part of what you said, asking them for help. I need help. Mm-hmm. And so really in that one, you know, quality chunk of advice, yeah. it's like, go there and be really, be really transparent. Yes. You know, because somebody can't help you if you're just like, I'm kind of a little bit screwed up in this area, but like mostly good. Yes. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm really like this area. I'm a mess. And I yep. want it completely turned around. Uh-huh. And you have to be honest. If you're, if it's like, oh, I keep, I know what I want for a marriage, but I go for these people that are really fun and I hope that it's going to work out. Yeah. Tell them that that is what you're doing. Yeah. That way, when you start to even, when you meet someone and you're like, they're kind of fun. That way you can open up like to whoever that person is. Hey, I met so-and-so. Here's what they do. Here's what they're about. Maybe they can yeah. meet and they can tell you like, hey, you know what, Christine, this is that same kind of guy that you said you didn't want, or they so can tell, but if they don't yeah. know what they're basing it on or what you struggle with, they could just be like, seems cool to me. Like they and, need to know. And even on a closer level, if you don't get in tune and connected to what you want, when that fun guy comes in, if you don't know what your expectations are, if you don't know what your non-negotiables are, like people will say their pros and cons about it or whatever, but I think people should have 
a list of these are qualities that I'm mm-hmm. not willing to negotiate on. These are things that I need, that I want, and that I deserve. But yet, if we don't do that, if we kind of sort of know what we want, then we get a kind of sort of version of that. Mm-hmm. And so before it's this couple or this one woman or this one man that's a mentor that we trust, it's like, do we know what we want? Do we know what we're worthy of and the work that we're willing to do as well? And I think you knew that. I think you just needed help with lifting that lid of like that you were worthy of it and um, fixing yourself. But, you know, and I think you wanted to go into the relationship, not like, hey, Micah, you get to fix me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you were, you know, aware enough to say, I want to come into this not not so broken. Yeah. And the next time, you know, a, a break happens, we go through it together. We work through it together, but I don't want to come into it like this. And exactly. Um, so I, I love that. And I think it's like people can find the mentor anywhere, even if it's like online somehow, even if it's, you know, a referral from somebody else. And there's definitely a way to say, all right, I'm going to find one person that I can reach out and can help me through this. So um I will be putting all of your information in the podcast notes that will be up on um, all the accounts. It will be on iTunes and Spotify. Um, So I'll put all that stuff up there. Um, But thank you so much, Christine, for hanging out and just like vulnerably sharing a little piece of your story. Because I know that there's so much more, but thank you for just like giving that insight and, you know, the just being transparent about you, your story and you guys. And I am genuinely so excited to watch everything unfold for you guys. Um, and so grateful that you took that final step of healing and said, I'm going to help, you know, as many people as I can and share the other side to this, because I know you are touching so many lives and you will help marriages, relationships, and women that can see that this stuff does still exist. Yeah. Marriages, good, extraordinary, strong, great, um, you know, equal meeting each other's needs and wants like it, it's there and it does start with us individually and then it's choosing together. So thank you so much for hanging out with me and, um, we will get this up and posted and tagged, tagged you soon. Yes. This was a blast. Thank you so Hi. much. I just, this is my favorite thing to talk about and I will be a hundred percent transparent as long as someone's asking, because that's what I needed. So all for it. <laughs>